I've got a coffee for Seth. No milk, no sugar. Right here. Thank you. Hi, I'm Seth Morales, and you're listening to the inaugural episode of No Milk, No Sugar, the podcast about business beneath the sweetener. We talk to local movers and shakers about what can be the harsh reality of doing business. This isn't the highlight reel. We cover what no one likes to advertise, but everyone wants to hear. We get real. Today, we talk to Gary Brackett. We're thrilled to have Gary as our first podcast guest. For those of you who don't know Gary, Gary's a walk-on at Rutgers, had a ton of success there, and went on to become an NFL Super Bowl champion and team captain for the Indianapolis Colts. Gary's owned multiple brands as a successful entrepreneur, and he's got a proven track record of translating his championship-level success across multiple playing fields. But Gary's not bulletproof, and the pandemic's real, and it's affected all of us. So today, I thought we'd hear a little bit more about this insider scoop from Gary on how he's built this new 2.0 version of himself, how he's starting off at base camp again, and his method for working through any challenge that's thrown his way. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. An amazing, I think it was 10 years. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gary. Nine years. Uh, Funny story. Um, I said when I started my NFL career, I wanted to play 10 years or 10 surgeries. And I played nine years and I had eight surgeries. So uh, (laughs) a little close, too too close on the surgery front. But uh, yeah, nine years in the NFL, man. That's that's incredible, man. Yeah, my bad on uh, the 10 versus nine. Anytime you get past... What's the uh, what's the NFL average? Is it like three years, two and a half? Uh, yeah, about three and a half, three years, four games, something like that. Yeah, well, impressive to um, just look back at what you did. I was here in the city and just watching you play and being a big fan. I love the underdog. And uh, that's part of what we wanted to talk about today is just when it comes to life, whether it's family or business and just how we how we operate, just having that mindset and mentality. And I think just – your overachievement has really spoken volumes to how to you know, go about and do that the right way, both personally and professionally. So, hey, before we get started, how was the uh, trip up to Michigan with the family? Did you have a good time? Great time, man. I, I've been obviously following you on IG. I feel like you almost hit every beach in Michigan um, this <laughs> summer. Uh, we did. But, uh, yeah, man. We went to uh, St. Joseph's uh, Silver Beach, man. And it's as advertised. You, 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 I've seen on the billboards for years, you know, about Michigan and how, how great it is. But, man, I've I never been until this year. So uh, it, it definitely was a great time with the family. Um, good time to unwind a little bit. Yeah, it's a good spot, man. We were there uh, earlier this summer as well. We hit up Silver Beach Pizza, and um, they got some of the best. They've got this pizza spot right on right on the beach, and they've got just I, I, they make a ton of money, and they just crush it right there. So glad you're able to carve out some time with the family. Hey, listen, one thing that I thought was interesting, I was I was looking at your LinkedIn feed the other day, and you mentioned something about training camp and how you flew into Indianapolis. You were undrafted out of Rutgers. It was you and Cato June, and you guys kind of got together and uh, formed a bond, but you also just had to prove yourself as a four-string, um, you know, backup linebacker. And uh, tell me a little bit about that just as you came to Indy. Like, what what was the mindset? What were you thinking as you kind of – you had a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. You weren't drafted, but you were you're ready to come here to the city and improve yourself. What were some of those thoughts going through your head as you were coming to Indianapolis? 
Yeah, uh, great question. Um, first, right, just being transparent, right? This is this is about you know no sweetener. So uh, first thing you gotta do is like fill out your contract, fill out the paperwork. So you're in the um, you know the big boardroom, the the lunchroom at the coach facility, and we're filling out you know the team name, you where you're from, social security, you know all that fun stuff. So when a guy walking me through it, and I'm like. You know, I'm a, I'm a Jersey guy, right? Didn't travel a lot out the state. Uh, first time in the airplane was my first game of college football. So a little green. So I look up at the guy um, and I was like, um, how do you spell Indianapolis? And he was like, oh, brother. Like, who? <laughs> I was like, how many eyes is in Indianapolis, man? So that was kind of like the intro. This guy's like, this guy's not going to make it. But yeah, it started as four string. Funny thing about four string in NFL, um, it doesn't exist. Um, there's typically only three strings, right? Wasn't getting a lot of playing time. And I used it as an opportunity where four string Mike, there was two Sams and one Will. Well, the Sam linebacker is typically your bigger, longer, rangy guy. He's playing man to man versus the tight end. He's setting the edge. At the time, Marcus Washington was hurt. So we're going through drills and our linebacker coach was like, hey, give me a second. We don't have enough guys. Like, let my guys catch, you know, catch their uh, breath. And I was like, hey, coach, I can play Sam. He was like, what? You can play Sam? Like, you, you're a Mike. I was like, I'm like, I ain't playing two days. Like, I, I just would get on the field. So Coach Dungeon was like, put him out there. So I, I go out there, line up against Sam, man. And I'm just, you know, showing my athleticism, running to the football, um, getting lined up. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, man, in life, you just need an opportunity. Right, right. And I had an opportunity, and I, I took the most of it, man. And anytime I was on the field, I wanted to give my best. I want, I wanted to watch when I wasn't on the field, take mental reps. So when I was out there, I, I didn't want to make any mistakes, man. And, you know, I, I did a good job, definitely shined on special teams and had an opportunity to, to play that year. Uh, special team, made a bunch of tackles, and then two years later became the starter, and I started for the rest of my career. I love it, man. I love that you were uh, you were willing to adapt and, and switch. I mean, it's like going from the outside to playing inside slot. It's very different as a receiver and just thinking about trying to figure out how you, how you adapt that way and just stepping up and saying, hey, I want an opportunity. I remember the first time you and I connected, uh, I remember you mentioning that you had uh, – maybe roomed with one of my teammates, Montrell Lowe from Purdue. And uh, I just remember Montrell was an undersized guy, um, had a lot of talent, didn't make it, uh, fortunately, with, with the Colts, but obviously you went on to do that. So it was funny just knowing that you kind of you had that time with Montrell in training camp. Well, I mean, a, a lot's happened between now and then. You've obviously uh, built a, a beautiful family and you've built a, a restaurant empire and – You've also just, I think, created such a, a wonderful brand from, you know, speaking all over the country or here locally to just all the stuff that you're doing social media wise. You've got, you know, just, I think, a great way to just kind of position your brand and you've done some great stuff. Talk to me right now, just like where are you at, you know, post bracket restaurant group and maybe uh, some of the challenges there and then just where you're at right now with um, maybe this concept of the infopreneur and you're kind of pivoting. Talk to me about just where you're at, where you're going, and, and what's in your head right now. Yeah, man, that's a great question. I'm sure, like, a lot of people, you know, COVID has been very disruptive. You know, it's something that we definitely were not planning for 2020. You know, hitting into the year, we had 10 restaurants, you know, across Indiana, one in Ohio. We had sold seven franchisees. And, you know, for the last six years, that's what I dedicated my life to, right? Building this system of restaurants, putting the processes in place to streamline it, to, to sell it and to scale it. And man, we were close to getting it done, right? We have four restaurants open up this year, a pipeline of 10 more franchisees coming in. But with COVID hit, 
it was something that, you know, was so destructive and missing out on March Madness, which is our biggest month of the year, like by far. And then on top of that, having to shut down and go to delivery only and in a restaurant, you know, the delivery fees, DoorDash, you know, they take 30 percent. Of, of your revenue. So that's like a lost leader for restaurants. You don't make a lot of money off that. So we tried that for about a week and we're still bleeding money. So then I made the decision to kind of shut down and kind of ride it out, man. And just looking at the way things were going, you know, just taking, an, you know, some internal assessments about, you know, what we overcame and how we were positioned. I, I just didn't really see a lot of great options uh, in terms of a go forward plan. E- even now I look at restaurants, man. And, and if you're honest, you know, on this podcast, listen and definitely support your local restaurants because it's hard to make money in the restaurant industry at 100% occupancy. At 25, 50%, like, you know, these people are losing money. They're, they're pretty much, you know, they're open so they can, you know, essentially pay the bills and make a net zero dollar. So a lot of challenges in that space. And I just looked at, you know, what I built and how much I had invested. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm an all in type of guy. Right. So um, I, I had it all kind of invested in that business. And I was just thinking to myself, like, man, you know, the worst thing in life is not failing. The worst thing in life is staying too long. And the one thing that you can't get back is your time. So I started just running the numbers and and then the other thing happened was, you know, I was managing 400 people and, you know, in COVID, you know, I have a small office and it was about four or five people managing, talking to them. And it just gave me so much more time to invest in myself, personal development, reading books, taking online courses. And I just started growing as an individual. And man, I, I, it just really lit me up. And I was like, man, you know what? I, I can I can fold this restaurant knowing that we did a lot of great things, learned a lot of valuable lessons. But to chase this thing for the next several years, knowing that I'm going to lose money, you know, I, I'm better off, you know, giving it all back and, and taking some lumps and rebuilding. Because, you know, money, I think, is renewable. Your time is not. So I just made the conscious decision like, yo, I have some other opportunities, some other skill sets that if I pursue and I could do properly, then, you know, I could be just as successful. But then this was key. And this was what I really learned. Um, And I think this is going to be powerful for somebody listening is that my whole life I've been chasing success. You know, underdog people can't telling me what I can't do. So I'm trying to prove people wrong, you know, chasing like the ultimate. And while you're doing that, for me personally, I won't speak for everyone, but when I'm chasing success, like I'm not, I'm delaying my happiness. I'm telling myself like, hey, when I get to this level of success, right? If you have an X access is is happiness and Y is success, I'm thinking, yo, when I get all the way over to that Y success, then automatically going to shoot me up, up the happiness scale, right? And then the more and more I'm looking at it, I'm looking at, you know, my activities and what I'm doing. I'm like, like, you don't have to wait to have happiness. Like You can right now in your current situation, your current success level, you can decide to be happy. And it's a choice. It's a choice that you're going to decide to be happy. And when I started making that choice, just to decide to be happy, man, my world really changed. And I wasn't as bothered by success or the lack there of success or having to, you know, fold the restaurants. I really just started pertaining to like, hey, what what drives my happiness? What am I passionate about? And, and one of the things I'm passionate about um, is speaking publicly, serving others and just really, you know, teaching others what I wish I would have learned 
<laughs> as a CEO, you know, starting out. And, you know, because of that, we, you talked about a little bit, started creating some programs, um, writing some books and things like that, just to kind of, you know, encourage others, inspire others to avoid, you know, any pitfalls and really, you know, build a business around what kind of life they want to create and not build a business trying to chase success. Yeah, man, that's rich. I mean, if you're listening in, I mean, that was about five minutes of gold right there, man. That's encouraging to me hearing you saying, choosing to be happy and, and chasing what's what's most important in your life. And this delayed gratification thing, you've done that before. You know what it feels like to be on the other side and just having that like intentional mindfulness about, hey, I'm going to choose to be happy. This is an opportunity for me to get my time back, really kind of dig into what I like to do. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that transfers over to, you know, me running the business here at Morales Group or somebody else, you know, maybe they're a solopreneur and they're doing their own thing or maybe somebody's working for somebody and they're not, not you know, super happy with what they're doing right now. Just kind of choosing to be happy and figuring out what that pathway looks like and not being afraid to make the move. So I, I love the pivot. I, I know I remember talking to you down at Louisville. Um, down at Churchill Downs when we had that YPO event, and um, you had you had this like energy about this this idea of this infopreneur and, and really kind of going all in. There was less brick and mortar, less sunk costs with um, you know just your your capital versus like you know with a restaurant you're you're putting uh, multi million dollars into start a, a new restaurant or get somebody um, to buy into being a franchisee and getting that operation up and running. So. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks for sharing that, man. I think, could you build upon, like, talk to me a little bit more about, um, like, this infopreneur and, like, how you want to establish yourself as one or what does that look like? You said programs, writing books, positioning yourself on social. Like, give me, like, give me some flavor of what this looks like going forward. Yeah, and it's really a, a new concept, right? When you tell people you're an infopreneur, they're like, what, what the hell is that? What are you talking about? Like, infographics? Like, I, how I explain it is, like, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you buy watermelons, you cut the watermelons up, and you sell slices, right? And self-employed, like, good gig, makes good money. Business owners will see that, right? They're, they'll cut the watermelon up, and they'll make a mojito, right? So they bought the watermelon, they'll sell mojitos for $5, right? What an infopreneur is... He teaches people how to either slice them up and make, you know, money selling slices or make a mojito. So and he takes the best practices of both packages up and communicates to others so they won't have to make those same mistakes. When I look about what I learned throughout my life, one on becoming a champion, and that's like my signature course, Champions Academy, and that's really teaching people personal development and how you could be a champion in every area of your life. I look at it, our lives and I look at, you know, there's seven pillars. There's your personal development, there's your business, your fitness and your health, your finances, your spirituality, and your intimate relationships and your social relationships. In all these areas, we have opportunity to be our best. But most of us, you know, concede and say, hey, I'm really good at this business thing. I'm really good at this family thing. But because of all those things, I don't have time for my fitness and my health. And eventually, if you don't take care of your fitness and your health, what's going to happen to your business? It's not going to be as successful because you can't do it. What's going to happen to your family? Well, all those trips that you took to Michigan, you're not going to be able to do it, right? Because now you're not going to be in a position to move around. So it's this mindset that, hey, I could be a champion in every area of my life and really walk up people through that process. And what I did is I developed this system on how I get that done. It's called the champ framework. And what the champ framework is, breaking down champion into champ. And then we start with C. C is like understand your current situations. 
So a lot of time I'm talking to CEOs, I'm talking to business owners, and I'm asking them, like, what is your current situation? And not what you want it to be, not what you hope it to be. Like, what is it currently? And I tell people, like, not that, you know, you have a shirt on, you're looking in the mirror, you look great. Now, what is the, like, stark-ass naked, you're looking in the mirror, like, what do you look like? And that's a totally different look, right? As an athlete, as a guy who's working out, you know, when to stay fit, you're like, ooh, like that guy? Like, yeah, he, he needs to lose some weight, right? But that's great because now you know, right? Now we have a starting point. And so we done, we move on to H and H is like, all right, let's hone in on our desired destination. Where do we want to go? And, and really getting clear about, you know, so many people, we put this ladder on this mountain top and then we climb to the top and we realize, yo, this was the view I was looking for. So really honing on your desired destinations and getting clear on what it is you want to become. Like, what are your company goals in 10 years? You know, where are they going to be in three years? And really identifying what that is so then you can really have that that clear picture. Brandon Bouchard always talks about, you know, the best time to have a map is before you enter into the woods. And I think that's just so right. So the next, all right, cool. How do you get there? How do you close the gap? Well, how you close the gap is the A part is to apply the 80-20 principle. And that's looking at your life, looking at your business, looking at fitness and health. And there's probably 20% of your activities that reap 80% of those results. So really getting a good understanding, like, what does that 20% look like? And so many people are like, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. I'm like, you're busy, you're not productive. And there's a difference. So what I do is I take people through like a focus funnel. And the focus funnel is just like an EAD method. So we look at everything you have you doing on activities and we put them through a method and then you can either eliminate them, right? Some things you shouldn't be doing, period. They don't reap you any benefits, right? They're out of habit. They're not serving you. So we could just eliminate them. If we can't eliminate them, then we look to automate them. What things can we automate? We can, you know, uh, oh, man, I got to go grocery shopping. You you can actually automate your grocery shopping. You actually press a couple buttons and they can drop groceries off at your door. All right. Your dry cleaning. You can actually leave it outside and hire someone to come get it. All right. So there's a lot of things in life that we can automate and remove that as a task. The third thing, and, and a lot of business owner entrepreneurs, you have people working for you. You could delegate it. Now, in order to delegate it, you have to put your processes and systems in place and make sure it's done properly. Right. And I work with people on doing that as well. But after you go through this model, it really gets down to that 20 percent of the activity that you should be doing on a daily basis. And what's your unique skills and ability, what your genius is. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but anytime I operate my genius, I feel more alive. I feel more passionate and, and I'm actually more effective. So, so then we go from there. Now we understand what that is. So then M, we take massive action. Right. And it's that massive, consistent action is the key is that discipline day in, day out. And the challenge there is so many people get discouraged where, you know, hey, 30 days, I'm going to do this for 30 day workout. And if it and if it doesn't work, then I'm just go back to eating like crap. And the fact of the matter is like it does is 30 days is not enough. It takes 66 days to build a habit. So you got to stick with it longer. And that's where that massive action takes place. And then ultimately you get to P and the P is like the pursuit of this championship transformation. And I just look at it as a journey. Like the rest of my life, I'm going to be chasing greatness. The rest of my life, I'm going to be chasing the best me. And if I do all those things leading up to that, I know exactly where I'm going and how I'm going to get there. And then now it's just about me being disciplined to execute. You heard it here first. Champ framework. I love that, man. The 80-20, massive action, the pursuit, the journey, all that, man. That that sounds really good. And it feels like with COVID, it was kind of a a blessing in disguise, although it was like difficult. It's rocked our businesses, rocked a lot of different people's businesses. It gave you that opportunity to be uh, mindful and choose to to focus on some of the stuff that 
I think you kind of geek out about, man. It seems like, I mean, it's what has like been your framework for having success in life, whether it's your family or your business or on the field. So it's neat to see this kind of come to fruition. Thanks for sharing that, man. One other thing, I, you know, kind of getting back to this infopreneur. So you, you built the, the bracket restaurant group and now you're pivoting and, and you're, you're into this, like this new opportunity with all this. I, I think it's fantastic because everyone and their mother is looking for an opportunity right now to redefine themselves. There's a lot of mental health going on. A lot of people are just not engaged with work and they're looking, they're coming up for air. They need content like this. What's it like, um, you know, it, or do you feel like you're back at training camp and you get to kind of start again? Or do you feel like, hey, man, I've always been on the field. I just I get to be a little bit more choosy with the time that I spend. Like, what, what's it feel like just kind of this this kind of this new this new start? How do you feel right now? Man, I, again, right. It's so many valuable lessons that I've learned and like my viewpoint on life, like where, whereas before, you know, the Gary V's of the world. And there's a lot of people that kind of preach to like, you know, outwork and hustle, 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 grind, 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 you know? Um, and it's just, you know, that mentality leads to burnout and it leads to you being unhealthy. And so what my model has changed would be instead of thinking like, I'm going to outwork you, I'm going to outgrind you. Like my motto is now I'm going to outthink you and I'm going to outserve you. So really when I'm putting together programs, where I'm putting together things, I'm looking at my, you know, my ideal avatar and, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, people that are in business, sports backgrounds that kind of get the kind of, you know, mentality that it takes, you know, to overcome some obstacles. And then, you know, you look at how can you serve them? What problems are they facing right now that you could give them some real life transformation from? Because a few, a few years ago, you know, people say, you're a motivational speaker. Like, hey, man, if you need motivation from somebody, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to speak. I don't want to coach you. Right. Because I think motivation has to come from within. I want to inspire you and I give you actionable steps that will transform your life if you execute on them. And I think that's a totally different play when I go in and speak to organizations. Yeah, it, it's going to come off maybe as motivation, right? Because I'm going to be excited and be passionate about what I'm what I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, I want people to take action. You know, I want people to realize that motivation comes from within. And, you know, when you start checking the list off of your own uh, activity that you want to get done, that's how you keep motivated. And, you know, trying to t- tell people that, you know, the person that they're waiting for is looking at them in the mirror every morning. And, and trying to get them to be self-motivated. And, you know, by doing that, I think that just really gets people, like you said, a lot of people are down. And a lot of people, you know, they're, I, I look at people in life, you know, that their thermostats are not thermometers. Where, you know, a thermostat, you come in and just like, yo, it's a 50 in here. All right, I'm, I'm, my body's going to, you know, go to 50. A thermometer, I'm like, no, I'm an 80. So everyone in this room is going to come up to me. I'm an 80. And it just like, as a leader, you have to be able to set the temperature in your organization and you just can't check the pulse. Like, how's everyone doing? Oh, you're down. You're down. Oh, OK. I guess we're going to be down this week. Like, no, you have to go on and inspire and lead and like set the tone and, you know, do things that's maybe um, a little bit different because, you know, like the the whole Maslow's hierarchy needs. You know, right now, you know, people are thinking like, oh, well, they're, they're still getting paid. They still got a job. You know, what are they worried about? like the safety, right? That's one of the biggest needs, right? Comfort, like they're worried about, you know, a lot of things. So just like really holistically double down on your employees and really their mental health. And then once you get that figured out, I think they'll start executing, you know, like you need them to, to, to finish out the year strong. 
I love what you talk about. Just there's a lot of leaders, a lot of CEOs. You and I have been around, you know, throughout YPO. There's just there's burnout, man. There's there's leaders that, you know, right, especially right now, just they're they're putting their shoulder into it. They're trying to out hustle it, like you said, kind of the, the Gary V concept. And you're kind of your change of your chain. You're kind of flipping it on its head and saying, "Hey, no, I'm gonna out think you. I'm gonna out serve you. I'm gonna come up with a way that, you know, it's it's." Because you've done that. I mean, you, you, you put your shoulder down literally for, for nine, ten seasons, and, and you had all that success. But at the same time, it's like there's, there's, a, there's also different ways to go about it, man. So I love that you just have this perspective right now. And it's, um, I'm grateful, man, that you're, you're doing this. One thing I, I, was, I was talking to Tori, our, our producer on, on the show here, and I was saying I wanted to write a post about Gary Brackett on LinkedIn. And I wanted to tell people if I were you – I would be watching every single step that this guy's making because he's, he's made a pivot. He's gone through some adversity. He's, he's, he's getting ready to like, he's, he's ready to like, it's like you're kind of caged up, you're doing your thing. And then all of a sudden um, I think just the lights will come on for a lot of people with the content that you're sharing. And I'm just, I'm, I'm proud of where you're at right now and where your mind is heading and, Hopefully I can soak up some more notes, man. I, I, I did, I wrote set the tone as a leader. And I think uh, being kind of that, that, that temperature for others to kind of seek to that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Hey, we, we've got a few more minutes left. I, I've got maybe like one last question to, to throw your way. I just think about um, your life and just some of the adversity you went through. You know, you, you talk about you, your story is pretty famous. You, you lost a lot of, close, significant loved ones early on in your NFL career. You've been through a lot uh, as, a, as a leader. Compare, you know, where you're at today versus what you've been through. Is this, this is just like, hey, be prepared. Like um, adversity is just a part of life. You just need to, you know, be ready to go. Just like, can you speak a little bit more about just like how you feel about adversity and how, how you've been able to just kind of navigate through it just over the past few years or, you know, early on when you were playing in the league? Yeah, man, <clears throat> it, it's amazing. My belief is that, you know, the true measure of a man and where he stands in, a, in, in the face of adversity, right? I think that's a Martin Luther King quote. I think so many of us, you know, go through adversity and so many of us don't make it out. The really sad part, and it's why I wrote um, my next book, um, it's called Championship Grit. It really just talks about, you know, the grit you have to have to remain a champion. And I could, I'm going to tell you this story because it really changed my life, right? Because I know you're online, you know, posting. And sometimes you post, right? You you, you thought it was genius. It probably took you eight hours to think of the caption. You edited a bunch of times and you post it. You get like five likes. And you're like, what the hell? I didn't spend all this time figuring this out. And then sometimes, right, you, you'll think like, all right, man, I'm, I'm going to stop giving this this much time, you know. Um, and one time I'm at a, I'm at the coach camp. It was like an alumni camp. And a player comes up to me um, and he and he like, look, he asked me like, yo, man, can I talk to you for a second? And I'm like, oh, man, like what? You know what I'm saying? How much money you want, right? <laughs> uh, so uh, but he's like, hey, man, he's like, you saved my life. And I was like, like, what did he bet in a parlay? Did he mortgage? Like, what, what are you talking about? He says, um, he starts getting teary eyed. And he's like, yo, um, he was like, about a couple months ago, I, I was about to shoot myself. I was about to take my life. And um, I had the I had the gun loaded and I was writing a note and and 
before I did, I checked Instagram and you had a quote that said, you don't, you don't seek help because you're weak. You seek help because you want to remain strong. And he's like, I put the gun down and I caught my counselor and I got help. And, and because of you, man, I'm still here. And I look back on that post, right? Didn't do well. And if, if I base what I do based on likes and engagement, right? I won't be able to, to positively affect people's lives. So I look at the opportunity that we have as thought leaders, as as people that, you know, um, people are, are checking out. And, and that's the message, man. It's just like, there's nothing that you can't survive. And the fact that you're listening to this right now, you survived 100% of your worst days. And when you look at it from that perspective, man, I'm just so extremely grateful that every morning I wake up, man, I have an opportunity to be great. I have an opportunity to change. And, and you know, people think of it like, oh, man, change is just hard thing. No, it just requires daily discipline. And I think, you know, that's the book's about just really understanding, you know, stop running from your demons. Stop running from these things in life because they're not going to get any smaller and they're damn sure not going to go away. Like, it's time for you to face these challenges, man up to them, get help if you need it, but t- take them down once and for all, and it'll change your life forever. Thanks for sharing that story. I mean, that's that's impactful. I think you don't realize the impact that you make sometimes, especially like you, you said, you know, you, you feel like you, you did that post and it didn't have enough traction, and um, but you've helped, you know, that person through that adversity and uh and that's great. That that was actually, I was I've been I've been taking notes this whole time, man. I feel like I'm a, I'm sitting in one of your classes again, man. But this this whole adversity that we're going through, you always talk about expect to overcome it, expect to you know walk through it. Don't be afraid. You just got to stick to some of the habits and, and focus on your mindset. I love it, man. I, I appreciate you sharing, man. Today, you know, I really wanted to just kind of dig in to see where you're at and. Uh, it's going to be fun to see how you continue to build your platform here in this, this market, the city, the, the U.S., man. I'm, there's big things ahead. So uh, keep up all the great work, man. Uh, one thing I just wanted to kind of close this out, um, is there is there a good way to, to get a hold of you? Would you would you recommend like Instagram, LinkedIn? Like how could you know somebody from uh, the podcast connect with you? LinkedIn is a great way. IG or GaryBrecket.com is my website. And then you could put in a whole request and uh, someone from my team to get back to you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Gary. Any any final comments, anything you want to leave the audience with or are you, you good to go? Yeah, I think the, the one thing that, I, you know, just 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 really piggybacking when I was talking to my early, earlier about that whole leadership thing. I live by this model. The speed of the leader determines the rate of the pack. The fact of the matter is that we're all leaders, you know, um, first and foremost for ourselves, for our families. And a lot of us inside of our organizations, we can't wait and sit on our heels for someone else to inspire us to take charge. And so many of us, you know, have the ability to get it done, but we just have to overcome the fact that it is our responsibility. And and once you start doing that, man, it's amazing how many people have been waiting for you to take charge. And, and you're playing small, thinking that no one's going to listen to you, but they're sitting back hoping, praying that you be the person that steps up and, and leads them. So don't don't be afraid. Don't be bashful, man. If 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 you want to be a leader, man, it's not for the faint of heart. But I'm telling you, it's so rewarding when you're able to lead people to uh to where they want to get to. Thank you, Gary, for sharing. Appreciate the wisdom you drop on no milk, no sugar. Have a great week, man. All right, man. Thanks for having me on.
Man, it was great talking to Gary. Had some wonderful insights. A few that really stick out to me. You know, Gary talked about these moments in his life where he's had setbacks. And I think what he said was the worst thing in life isn't failing. It's being stuck where you are. And then the other thing that I think was very notable that Gary shared was that money is renewable. Time is not. When you think about your life and where you're at and just how important and precious time is. I think if you follow Gary on Instagram, he's got wonderful motivation. And um, I'd be interested to see how he, uh, he, he moves forward in this kind of 2.0 version of where he's going. He's got tons of potential and lots of perseverance. And that's what I love about Gary. He's a champion. He'll keep fighting. And the best is yet to come. So thank you again, Gary, for making time to, to hang out and share. So moving forward, here's how you can reach out. Listen at podcast.moralesgroup.net, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, or you can hit up the no milk, no sugar pod at gmail.com for suggestions or any other questions you might have. I'm Seth Morales, and this has been our first episode of No Milk, No Sugar. Thanks for listening.